0: I went for a little walk around where I lived the other day in Dublin because, uh, you know, I'm trying to get, get some air and I walked past some houses and in the garden, I looked into the garden, there were some gnomes which always unsettle me when you see some gnomes. I mean, there's nothing really openly, like, threatening about them. Usually they're just hanging around in the garden doing sort of gnome, gnome stuff, you know, hanging around by the rocks uh, with their little gardening utensils, but... It, they're very unsettling because uh, I don't know. There's something that just they're just there's a weird vibe. Gnomes have a weird vibe. What are they doing in your garden? Why would you put them there? The little tiny little men, you know. Um, and I was wondering, what is it that's putting me, that's scaring me about gnomes? You know, what is it that gnomes put me in a bad mood for the rest of the day? And then I realized what it was. It, it uh, clicked. Gnomes are nothing but. Uh, Protestant leprechauns. You know what I mean? They're leprechauns who took the soup. Gnomes are leprechauns without the soul. Shane's Brilliant Podcast. Hi, welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast. I'm Shane Clifford. I'm a stand-up comedian from uh, Ireland. And uh, this week, you know, we got all sorts of stuff for you. We got the Madeleine McCann stories back again. What the hell is going on with that? We have, uh, I'm going to be talking about drinking in the park. So as you can see, it's a jam-packed show this week. <laughs> you know, it's hot still and it's, all oh, the weather's changeable. That's what I hate. You know what I hate, man? Because uh, Kira does this all the time. She says, we'll be walking somewhere, and then she'll go, it'll start raining, and she'll go, ah, oh, oh my god, I can't believe it's raining. So that's what she'll say, I can't believe it's raining, man. Ah, oh, Shane, I can't believe it's raining. Do you have an umbrella? No, I never brought one, I didn't think it would rain. You live in Ireland. You've lived here for the last 30 years. <laughs> Shouldn't you... Be ready for rain. Or at least not be completely surprised when it happens. Loads of people are like this. They're like, every time a drop hits them, they're like, Oh my God, what is it? It's rain. What? Raining? Here? In Ireland? I mean, that is what we are known for, you know? That's what Ireland's, one of Ireland's main things is rain. It's writing books. Rain. Poems. In that order, In Guinness. That'd be like going to Formula One and complaining about all the the noise of the cars. You know what I mean? That'd be like going to the on a roller coaster complaining about it going upside down. That's what it's. That's the whole fucking point of it. And rain is the whole point of Ireland. Miserable rain. That's what we we love to complain about. Rain. Um, but I can never understand that. You know, um, but yeah, the weather is changeable this week, but it's still hot and sticky. Like my um, like uh, my body right now is very hot and very sticky. My pits are like, um, Jesus, they smell like the arse of a, uh, the arse of a a llama. That's what I imagine an llama's arse would smell like. My armpits right now. But um, yesterday I got out of the house for the first time in about four months. I went and met people who aren't Kira, or my shopkeeper. (laughs) I went and met some friends and we got beers and we drank in a park in Dublin. And I'll tell you, I was kind of, I was a bit on edge about meeting people because I haven't spoken really to anybody apart from you, my faithful listeners, for the past four months. And uh, I You know Seeing people face to face I can't look people in the eye At the best of times <laughs> You know what I mean I can't look people in the eye When I'm uh, When I'm on If I was on cocaine I couldn't look anybody in the eye If I just won the world uh, The world's most confident man Competition I still wouldn't be able to look you in the eye <laughs> You know what I mean I, I'm I'm antsy at the best of times so meeting people, just meeting anyone, not because of these fuckers that I met, you know, I couldn't really care about them. <laughs> They're just my fucking friends. Um, but just being in public and seeing people, it was just, it was strange, you know? It was a weird sensation. Um, when we got drink, we got pizzas in this place called Sano Pizza. I think that's how you pronounce it. And it's very authentic Italian um, pizza. Well, that's what they say anyway. It might be authentic, but they say that in the fucking menu. Hey, this is this is authentic, all right? Are, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, it says it, doesn't it? It says it on the fucking menu. It says it on the wall. So it's a fucking authentic. So we went there and then we went to a park and drank beer and eat pizza, which is a very city thing, very Dublin thing anyway. I've noticed since I came up, even before the lockdown, even when pubs were open, a lot of people drinking in parks. Drink, just going into the park like young people going into the ca- uh, park with cans of beer opening them sitting in the grass drinking and uh, to me that is just mind blowing coming from Tralee because Tralee you don't really drink outside only in the festival you can drink outside if you were drinking in the park in Tralee if I went back to Tralee now and said hey man do you want to come and meet me for a few drinks in the park They'd be going, what the fuck, are you okay? Hey, who, do you know I saw down the park drinking cans? Shane Clifford. Is he (laughs) alright? I'd say he's after having another massive breakdown. I mean, (laughs) his poor mother, you know? He's drinking cans down the fucking park. That's how outlandish it would be. It would be completely fucking, you know, you completely out of the blue, it'd be completely, it's like going to the dark side of the moon and back. Um... You know, people be lock me up in the funny farm for drinking uh, in the park. But it's a common place up here. You know, Dubliners just have no shame. <laughs> no, but it's good. It's nice. Reminds me a little bit of uh, when I went to Berlin. Because in Berlin, you can go to the off-license, buy a bottle of beer. They open it there for you behind the counter and you can walk out drinking it. A glass bottle of beer during the day. And nobody bats an eye it's insane like when I was there I was staying in a dirty hostel with these fucking there was one really annoying guy but anyway we went to this um off license and we just stayed out, stood outside all night drinking and it's 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 accepted I couldn't believe it there was men going around in suits drinking beer under lunch if that was in Ireland it would be chaos (laughs) Imagine if it was socially if it suddenly became socially acceptable tomorrow that in Ireland you could just walk around drinking on your lunch and everything. Fucking mental. The country would break down. It would be over. We'd be dead. <laughs> We'd cease to be a country anymore. So yeah, we went into the park and um like I said it was weird meeting people, you know. Strange sensation being locked away for so long like I said I feel like some guy you know uh, coming out of pre- <laughs> coming out of jail like I've been institutionalized like I want to get back into these four walls start committing crimes again start coughing on people <laughs> <laughs> trying to start the pandemic up again Um, but yeah things seem to be slowly coming back don't they back to normal they seem to be up here in Dublin anyway people are walking around and you know, in groups of like fifteen. I'm not sure what you're supposed to be now, no. I know it's not fifteen. I think people just kind of, once this whole civil unrest in America happened, people just gave up. And that's what it seems like. <laughs> people are just like, "Ah, fuck the coronavirus. Let's forget about it." And um, I mean, it's good in a way because it means it's kind of fin ending. And they came out and they said that it's if you're if you have it, but you're asymptomatic. Then you can't. It, it's almost impossible to pass it on to other people, you know. And they said that uh, it can't be taken. F- or it's very hard to catch from surfaces. So if you've got coronavirus in your hand and you touch a, 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 if you touch a, a bag of marbles, and then somebody else picks up the bag of marbles, they probably they're not going to get it. So you know. So it's a lot less infectious and dangerous than they thought it was. So now people are putting on their fucking tinfoil hats and they're walking around going, hey, and you can see it online, you know, Joe Rogan, he posted it and he had a question mark. He posted, you know, a headline that said, oh, coronavirus not as in effect, effect, or what's the word? Infectious as once thought, blah, blah, blah. And then he had a question mark uh, and he, all the comments are like people going, yeah, man, they fucking just used it as a fucking excuse, you know. To uh, put uh, in strict controls and get more control over the people. You know, it's all a conspiracy. Fuck you, man. Not not everything is a conspiracy. That is just science. Science. First of all, (laughs) the whole point of the the lockdown worked, you moron. That's why it's not killed anybody. Did you see the video of the guy in Cork on, where are the bodies? Where are the bodies? We want to see the bodies. We wanna see the bodies Joe, one of these Gemma O'Doherty types Where are the bodies, man? Where are the bodies? I'll do a Cork accent, let me say Where are the bodies, bye? <laughs> I wanna see the bodies, man Man, where are the bodies, man? Um, The fucking lockdown, you moron That's why there's no mass graves Is that what they want? They want mass graves They want, there's just People are, especially on the internet, man It's just insane the amount what people believe and just the information flying around the place. This guy in Cork look up this video I think he's outside the People's Park in Cork and he's going where? They've put fluoride in the water and now these people are sleepwalking. These are unconstitutional controls. Coronavirus wasn't even dangerous. Where are the bodies? (laughs) Yeah but people are saying now you know it's a conspiracy and Oh, my God. It's just, that's what science is. Firstly, we controlled it because of the fucking precautions that we all had to do for the last four months. Did you forget about that? And secondly, it's a new disease and they're only still learning about it. You know what I mean? That's what science is. It's not like they fucking knew everything straight away. So next week, you could find, probably they'll say, oh, no, we were wrong. It's 10 times more infectious than we thought it was. You know? Um. So... But look, it's going the right way anyway. And for all these people as well that are going, Ah, it's fucking it's a fucking fake. You know, there's nobody where the where where are the bodies, by You know, I've had I personally I've had a family member pass away from it. So, um you can see how people be going, you know, you, you kinda get pissed off at these cunts because alright, maybe it's not as a, uh, infectious or as Dangerous as it was But it was still real And killing people You know what I mean Um Maybe there was an overreaction But Isn't an overreaction Better than an underreaction No What you think Of course it is Um But yeah I got out in the sun Talking Having The bants Haven't had the bants In a long time You know I mean, My knife was a bit rusty Usually I have some seriously cutting wit. (laughs) Oh, imagine being a cunt that I just said that about myself. But, uh, no, yeah, I was a bit rusty, you know. But it was fun to meet other people and I can't wait till it's all opened again and I can start doing stand-up comedy and going up on stage and dying. (laughs) I can't wait. You know, it's like uh, you you always miss what you don't have or whatever. Um, I guarantee you, the second it starts again, I'll be three weeks into stand-up comedy going, fucking bring back the lockdown. <laughs> you know, fuck, am I, what am I doing with my life? You know when you're coming back from some fucking town in the middle of Longford after bombing in front of 12 people who absolutely had no idea what you were saying, you know, and you're coming back on a bus, tears coming down your face, going, what am I doing with my life? I'm 33 <laughs> but uh i see a lot of pubs down in tralee i've heard from my sources have been have told me that a lot of pubs in tralee uh, are currently doing <laughs> renovation work for restaurants trying to get restaurant licenses you know <laughs> and some of these pubs down there man i wouldn't need to fucking I'd barely drink in there you know Drinking in there is enough of a worry in the back of your mind about what the hell is going into your pint. I'm not going to be eating any of their cocktail sausages and their bags of chips and their, you know, chip... Car- what do they call those? Chip trays? Cause that's all they're going to have. Frozen pizza. Where'd you go for your Sunday lunch? Oh, I took the family down to this pub and we had... Uh, <laughs> we had a Ristorante Uno. Yeah, mm. Restaurante Uno Polo Pizza Yeah Yeah It was fantastic It was only 15 99 uh, <laughs> And I also had Twelve pints Um Yeah So I'm looking forward To the pubs being open Though just to get Drink It's <laughs> no point Denying it So um Yeah Things are on Are looking good It's summertime Maybe we'll have A bit of a summer And I've been Have you been following What's going on Over in America Jeannie Mac Um Obviously, the, I mean, I think it it's amazing, really, because did you see the video of that mayor from Minneapolis who came out to the crowds of like thousands of protesters and he was like, you know, saying, look, I, I'm not going to defund the police. I don't believe in it. And they just fucking booed him. Look, if you haven't seen it, just look it up. Fucking booed him. Started shouting, shame, and go home, like thousands of people. And he's just walking through the middle of the crowd, walking back because he's given up and it's a picture of a man who has given up his shoulders are hanging down his hands are down by his knees you know he's walking like a four year old child that has been told to go to bed because they've fucking eaten too many they can't eat any more skittles you know what i mean he's got you know for a fact if you watch that video when he walks out of frame and he's the mayor and there's people fucking booing at him he's having the worst moment of his life watch it it's amazing you know for a fact that he went home He got into his house, he pulled the fucking curtains, locked the door, got up on the couch, pulled the quilt over himself, ate two tubs of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and watched Love Actually. (laughs) You know what I mean? He was like, that's how dejected he looked. And it's inspiring really because look what they got. They got the fucking town, the mayor or whoever, not the mayor, the city, you know, whatever goes on in America. They have so many fucking different systems. But they accept, they said, yeah, okay, we'll dismantle the police. We'll defund the police. I mean, that is insane. The fact that these people, like the civil disobedience, managed to achieve that because if you were told two weeks ago, oh yeah, a major city is going to promise to get rid of the cops, you'd be like, go fuck yourself. Get out of here, you f- What? Get out of my house with those lies. Don't bring your lies into my house. That's madness. Who do you think you are? lie master well you didn't trick me but I mean it's it's happening or it looks to be happening Um and that's crazy for a crowd it just goes to show the power of protest when it works and it's got meaning behind it you know and it's inspiring I guess especially for us in, here in Ireland because you know we we're not very protesty types at all we like giving out <laughs> more than actually doing stuff I think don't we you know we like to complain We don't want people in there who can do their job. (laughs) We don't want things to be good. Imagine things being good. Imagine things being good in Ireland. Imagine, imagine, (laughs) imagine if everything was great here. It'd be fucking miserable, wouldn't it? With nothing to complain about. But yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, dismantling the police. That's, uh, when you first look at it and you read the headline, like, Minneapolis are going to defund the police and this is what people want. To dismantle, get rid of the Cops. And for a split second in your head, you're going, fuck, and what? That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. You know? But if you look at it, firstly, if you look at it for more than that second, and you look into what it actually is, it kind of makes sense, because if a guy is freaking out, he's, you know, talking about voices and aliens that are coming down trying to steal his magic um, bananas, and he's in his front yard, and he's shitting into a, a bowl Cornflakes And he's absolutely Going mental Why are they sending cops there They should be sending Some fucking Guy who knows About people with Serious psychiatric disorders You know what I mean Why are they sending That shouldn't be For cops to do A lot of this stuff Is mental health issues And people having Breakdowns And people who are suicidal And all this stuff They need to Uh, So when you see it that way, if you defund the police and put all the money that they have, because they're putting like 90% into the cops, and if they take that out and they put it in, put it into other social services, then you won't really need cops. I mean, that's the, that's the theory anyway, I think, and when you look at it that way, it makes sense, but it's hard for us to get our head around because cops have been there always for everyone. We've just, the cops are the cops, the shades, you know? The fucking shades, man. I grew up in Gallowsfield, Tralee. Shades were a part of my life every fucking day, man. The shades and the DS, man. Fucking shades are coming, man. Run. We had a local community guard he used to drive around or cycle around in his bike. He knew him by name. You'd wave at him. You know what I mean? Um. And it's just an institution that you think has always been there. And always will be there It's like if somebody Told you in the morning When you got up That the sun didn't come up That's how much Because what happens is When you're born You come out of your mother's vagina Or her stomach If you're a cesarean um, Guy If you're a posh Your mother's too <laughs> Too posh to push And you come out uh, Like a lot of probably people Up here in south Southern Half of Dublin city You know Your mother's going around Big scars What happens is You come out The doctor slaps you on the arse then they put you on a trolley and they wheel you into a room and inside there is a guard, a shade, and he just starts telling you, giving out to you, saying, don't fucking do anything bad. I'll be on your tail, Sonny Jim. And that's what happens. So we we grew up with this idea that's immutable, that there is guards. But there hasn't always been guards. I was kind of half looking into, doing a half-arse half, <laughs> half arse job of researching and then I looked like guards haven't been there like in the modern sense so, until like the 1800s and they started in the UK so then Do we don't want no British fucking institutions here bye get rid of them get rid of the sheds before that it was just it was uh, you'd get a posse going <laughs> so hopefully we bring back the posse that's what I want to bring back hey you, you go hey man ring up your friend hey somebody just fucking stole my tomatoes Let's get a gang of lads together. Get a few fucking horses. A few cowboy hats. And let's ride after the son of a bitch. And then you chase him down and you fucking hang him or something. Or shoot him in the back. Or have a shootout. And then you come back and find out it wasn't even him. Your tomatoes are just in the fridge. You forgot you put them in there. But that's justice. Justice has been served. <laughs> and that's what we want to bring back into Ireland. A good old posse. I'm a fan of the posse. Uh, you go around hanging around with a bunch of lads. And to eat some beans, you know, and all that stuff to, under the moonlight. And you never see women in a posse, but that's something that could change nowadays in modern times. You have women and, and men in posses together. I think that would be, uh, you know, a great achievement for humanity. And, of course, the big twist this week was the return of the story of Madeleine McCann, um, which was big news. And it just goes to show how crazy of a year it's been that the Madeleine McCann story... Um, the update that they've pretty they're pretty sure they found the guy who did it that that's not even the top story of the last few weeks you know what I mean that's only like number three usually if that was a normal year that'd be all everyone's been talking about for the last four months you know but because remember how big it was like it wasn't it happened in 2007 but it went it seemed like it last like the whole media thing around it just lasted for years you know And, uh, uh, so I hope it fucking ends for everybody's sake, if not for just for me and for, you know, I mean, for the parents, um, for people in their family and for the media and everything. I just hope it just, I hope that, uh, this is the fucking guy, you know, because we needed that story to end. Um, but a lot of people are, again, putting on their fucking tinfoil hats because as you know, these days, everything is a conspiracy. And they're saying, hey, come on, you're telling me, you're fucking telling me, man, that they they fucking found a killer of Madeleine McCann, and they're announcing it now during all these riots and all these protests. Is that what you're telling me? Distraction technique much? That's what they say then. Um, So that's what people are saying that the, I don't know who, fucking guys at the top are saying, let's, uh, listen lads, things are getting a bit dicey in the world. There's people are dismantling the fucking cops. There's, you know, four million people with coronavirus. Let's distract them. How huh? are going to have to go with, with a big one? Let's bring out the story, that the Maddie story, we've been holding back for the last two years. You know? That's what people think. That's what's going around on the internet. I mean, is that what they do? Like, they must be holding off the return of Elvis Presley for, like, a nuclear war. shit, Moscow after attacking uh, Los Angeles with a, with a Scud missile, what the fuck, hey, it's time to get, wake up, go wake up Elvis, will you, it's time to bring him back, let's distract the fuck out of him, oh hell man, I don't know anything about no nuclear war, I just want to sing some songs, whatever much, (laughs) but, um, yeah, but it'll be good for Madeleine McCann's parents if that's like there's there are a couple of things that I that I kind of question a little. Like well, the main thing is this is a guy who was a child molester who in Ger- from Germany who absconded and was living in the Algarve, all right? Living near uh Praia de Luz in two thousand and seven and he you know, it was unknown to the police and everything. A child goes missing in an area where he is and they don't fucking look into him for 20 or nearly 17 years or whatever the fuck it is, 14 years. You know what I mean? If I had a list of suspects, I was like, hey, you know, I'm no Columbo now, right? I'm no fucking, I'm no Sherlock Holmes. I'm no Miss Marple. But I would first put when a child is missing um, I would first and would the top of my list would be the guy previously arrested for kidnapping children you know what I mean that would <laughs> that would be my number one thing is hey chief yeah there's a guy here who uh, kidnapped children will we you know this child's gone missing will we you know should we bring him in nah probably not him he'd hardly do it again would he so we, we had him in jail for the first one he'd hardly do it again he learned his lesson <laughs> Like going to um fucking if somebody stole your strawberry jam, all right, and then you you caught' they jam all over their face, and then you said, Don't fucking eat my jam, and you know the next month you bought another bag of jam, and you opened your bag of jam and it was missing. the jam was gone, and you fucking looked at your friend and you said, Hey, did you take the jam and he went and he had red lips and all stuffed down his chin he went uh, no, (laughs) you go, alright, okay, okay, must have been fucking Billy then, um, but, yeah, that would have been my number one thing, you know, like, why did it take so long if they, uh, if they knew that there was one of these fucking creeps in the area, why wasn't he just looked into just instantly but of course it's because they went after the parents and I hope that that's one of the main things why I hope this finishes up because I feel sorry for the fucking I mean you have to feel empathy for the parents I know a lot of you people listening now um, because a load of people I think the majority maybe blame the parents for the whole thing say that they you know killed her Um, which is always seemed to me like it's just uh, silly um, because for them to have to actually do that in a town where they they don't know anywhere in front of the world watching um they've only been there for five days, they have to kill her, get rid of the body, all under the watch of their friends, and everything. It was just implausible and silly, but people, like I said, they love the conspiracy, and uh you know just people probably still to just even if they caught the a picture of the guy taking her out the window they still wouldn't fucking believe it you know Um, so hopefully that's over for for them and I know a lot of people just hate the parents anyway because they're rich uh, middle class doctors um, which you know I've I hate you if you know this podcast I you know I have a chip on my shoulder against rich doctors but you know their child got fucking taken you have to feel sorry for them and they obviously I mean they're not 100% innocent either. they fucked up big time with that whole leaving the children up in the apartment and going I don't know how many yards it was down for pints Um, which yeah it's an awful thing to do really think when you think about it in a foreign country with a window level with the ground but I mean they fucked up they fucked up big time and they've had to live with that isn't that like enough Without all these ghouls saying how they fucking killed their child, you know, because if you think about, it, we grew up in Ireland, man. In the nineties, come on, you telling me stuff like that never happened to you, really? That your parents never left you somewhere, you never went on your summer holidays, or you're, you know you're off school for summer, you go out the door at ten o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Bye, ma, All right, yeah, be back for eight. You know, you know what I mean. You're gone for fucking. 10 hours that's what life was like in the 90s and plus there was a child molester in every estate <laughs> he just wasn't called that The word I never didn't hear the word pedophile until the late night Gary Glitter I think was the first time I heard it before that it was just a, uh, he's a character that fella see, Shane see that fella no there number 27 He he'd look at him over there the fella with the sunglasses the big long trench coat and the lollipops don't bother going. To, don't don't go into his house. All right. <laughs> no, that's it. Don't just don't go into his house. That's what it was. I mean, it was chaos. I mean, but that was normal back then to have a child, to have a creep in your fucking, in your estate. I think that's what they did when they were making estates. They were like, okay, so we'll put this row of houses here. We'll put a little green area. What you, what you think? Putting it over here, yeah, with a couple of trees and a nice little play area there. And where are we going to put the child molester now? Hmm <laughs> Oh, we have two in this one. Oh, okay. Well we'll put one here and we'll put another one on the other side, just to be safe. You know? Um that was just life. There was the town creep. And you know, your parents would just leave you fucking walk around. I mean how if you that's probably uh You know, you'd be playing outside his house. (laughs) You'd be playing outside a guy who's notoriously a creep's house. And, you know, that was just, that was it. Nobody cared. So, you know, these things happened all the time. I'm not saying that it's right. but Are you telling me your parents never fucking took you to the pub at uh, 12 o'clock on a Sunday? You didn't get home till 7 or half 7? You know how negligent is that? Well, they're pissed you haven't eaten you tell telling me that never happened of course it happened you're telling me that parents that these were the only parents that ever went down to the bar when left their kids in the room of course not you know I'm not saying like again I'm not saying this right it's awful it's awful and they fucked up um and if uh, like <laughs> you always hear as well old people like nans go oh back in my day we could leave the door wide open and nothing would happen we, we, we could leave the door open we could leave the window open and everything would be fine you know what I mean oh thanks Nan. I'm like two years old sleeping in your house no doors locked windows wide open a fucking child molester living two doors down <laughs> you know he comes up to the house for a bit of cake you know how negligent is that you wouldn't do that now would you but that's just the way it was back then apparently but yeah I hope that uh, this thing comes to an end man and uh you know, feel sorry for obviously the little girl and the family and everything, um, but yeah, but it's crazy this whole this year, all this news. It feels like a lot of news has happened the last five years or something. Too much news. Did you see the picture of the guy that they're saying did it? And when you look at him, you're going, "He's fucking guilty." He. <laughs> Whenever somebody show says this guy is a pedophile the first thing you do is go, yeah, he's guilty. Look at him. He, I mean, is there any man that looks more like a pedophile? But <laughs> I think that works for any picture. You know, it could be anyone. And the second you put that word with that face, that's it. Yeah, they look like it. Like, you could say that about anyone, even the nicest, most wholesome man in the world. <laughs> who? You could say it about, I don't know, David Attenborough. You know? And if you said that about him, showed you a picture, you go, I fucking knew it. Always said it. Always said it. Always said Attenborough was one of them. It's just weird the way the brain works like that. It's called something... I think it's related to this thing called... There's a cure-of effect. You're going to have to look that up. (laughs) Uh, So it's like an editing technique from... Fucking uh, cinema theory. No, we're getting into shit here, man. We're getting into fucking... Fucking cinema theory bud, Jealous you listen to my man's podcast, bud, it goes on about fucking pedos, and cinema theory, <laughs> uh, but if you show a guy smiling, right, this is very basic editing theory, if you show a guy smiling, and then you show in the next shot, uh, a, let's say an ice cream sundae, okay, and then you go back to the picture of him smiling again, you'll say, hmm, he's happy because he wants to eat his ice cream sundae and that's why he's happy. Then, if you show the exact same picture of the guy to and you put what he's looking at is a woman getting undressed and then you go back to the smiling face, you go, yeah, look at him, look, look at that smile, look at the smile of a dirty bastard. Even though it's the exact same picture, that's basic editing theory and that's... all. <laughs> I, I say like, yeah, that's basic editing, editing theory, as if I know any more editing theory. That's all the theory about editing that I know. Uh, but yeah, you can put anybody and if you say that word about him, then you'll go, yeah, I was fucking That's I knew he was a f- oh, I knew he was wrong. Like, look at uh, Ralph Harris. I never suspected anything. I never heard anything about him. And then when it all came out and you looked at a picture of him, you're going, fucking yes, of course. Of course. Look at him. Look at that face. How did he get away with it? How did he get away? Everybody must have known. How did he get away with it for so long? Um, But this guy, look at him, man. He's definitely, he's definitely guilty. Um, what else? Um, my cat is getting... She's getting this. A, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? She's getting um, accosted by a cat on the road called Zorro. This bastard—he's <laughs> trying to get up on her like, you know, he's like a rabbit. He's this randy rabbit, Zorro the randy rabbit cat. You know, he's fucking—he's—he's he's insatiable. This guy, and she's having none of it. My poor little princess. <laughs> <laughs> my poor innocent princess you know what i mean i watched her out the window and he chased her tried to bit bit her back trying to get on top of her poor my poor baby you know and uh, this cat's name is zaro i'm like fuck if you hear somebody around the portobello area going fuck you zaro you know there's very little chances somebody shouting at actual zaro from mexico it's probably me shouting at a cat that's trying to uh have his way with my 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 Georgie but she's uh, you know she's a woman of morals <laughs> and she's uh she's uh, sh- uh you know she's not giving it up easy and uh, but I, I I was talking to somebody and they said that uh, Zaro has you know he's known to be a a problem causer <laughs> in that area you know, with the other females, he's a bit of a Jack the Lad, he's a bit of a, what would you call him, you know, he's a bit of a stud, uh, and they, uh, this is what they told me, I don't know if this is true, but they told me that they, they took him to the vet four times to try and get him neutered and it didn't, it didn't take. <laughs> Imagine the size of the balls you'd have to have for that, you know what I mean, you've been castrated four times and <laughs> you've been castrated four times and this still, still hasn't worked. That is one virile cat That is a cat Inject some of that cat's fucking testosterone Into me Uh, (laughs) But yeah man he's fucking My poor baby you know I'm really like turning into a protective father But my cat man But I'm at that age you know I'm 34 And uh, uh You know I should have a A child by now Really biologically I should be dead You know if it was back in the fucking stone age times I'd be an old man and uh, so I think it, what happens is and it's probably it's, I think I might have read it somewhere you know like recently it's become a kind of thing to treat your, your pet like a child they call it your fur baby and devote your fucking life to it and it's become a kind of a millennial thing and uh I found that I'm doing that with my cat and I think it's because we're all growing older without having children That it's just natural for us to put it on something you know and putting it on a cat isn't so bad I suppose it could be one of those fucking <laughs> I just had an image of myself walking around Dublin with a pram and a doll inside it imagine that you know what I mean now that would be fucked up That would be, I'd be the creep in the fucking neighborhood. Don't go into his house. (laughs) Don't go into Shane's house. You know what I mean? See that guy over there with the pram? Don't go in there. Uh, But yeah, cat troubles again, you know. Cats are not easy, man. So if you're thinking about getting a cat because you think it's easy, they're not that easy. Dogs, they're easier than dogs. Dogs are generally pains. If you get a dog, you want a mongrel you know what I mean you want a fucking mutt because these pedigree dogs man, they're all fucking inbred and uh, you know they're all they've all got these get these rare I have a friend his dogs going losing hair and uh, it's like it's pedigree dogs losing all this hair his teeth have fallen out got this rare disease you know <laughs> the only you know and so that's a nightmare and uh, the only real trouble you have with cats is that you take him to the get neutered and they they're, they're Their balls grow back. You know what I mean. (laughs) That's what I want. Uh, So yeah, but having that, I watched actually, and this is sort of pertinent to. (laughs) uh, I don't know if that's the right word, pertinent, like like a you know, I I I say words, and uh, pertinent to the current climate. But I watched this movie that's on YouTube that you should watch. It's called uh, "The Killing of America." It was made in nineteen eighty one by some, uh, a, like a Japanese company, and it's like a, a shock doc, shockumentary. That's what they called it. So it's like this really, um, general ex, you know, like exploitation cinema. So it's like it's a it's purportedly de <laughs> that's definitely not the word a documentary about. Uh, the, the 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 death of America how America was once great again make America great again you know and now it's fallen to ruins and uh it's called I looked it up it's called the genre of documentary that it is is called Mando M-O-N-D-O which is a cunt from Fair City isn't it isn't that his name Mando 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 boy. but that's the name of the um documentary genre so i looked that up but this film killing of america fucking hell it's the whole premise of it is that america was fantastic up until john f kennedy's head was detached from his neck and uh, after that america slid into chaos and it shows this by showing you all this footage and it's Uh, Like the documentary, I mean, it doesn't really hold up. It's got this really, it's got this American guy doing a voiceover saying things like, here is Ted Bundy, the man uh, wanted for killing over a hundred people. He says it without stuttering (laughs) and in a much more professional way than me. But it's like a really cool voiceover and the whole Thing that I'm trying to say is that the footage in this documentary is definitely worth watching. It's very grim. Now I have to I have to tell you, there's a lot of people getting shot in it, but um, it shows. So it'll start off from that just after Kennedy. Then it showed this that there was a, a spate of um, mass shooters. So remember that fucker that went up the tower in the school in the college. What was his name again? Charles Whitmore, I think, or Whitman. Um, he went up there and he shot like 50 people with his rifle from the the tower. So like it was footage of that and then it showed you like people that we haven't heard of but other copycat um, mass shooters back in the 60s. And then it went on to, like I mean this documentary basically showed every terrible thing that happened in America in, between 1963 and 1981 and it showed like told the story of ted bundy and john wayne gacy and all these other serial killers i never heard of showed a lot of fucking crime like there was one amazing one this fellow in, in in i think it was indianapolis he felt he got conned by his bank manager and he fucking went nuts and the footage of this is amazing he went and kidnapped his mortgage broker guy his bank manager or whoever he was with a shotgun to the back of his head, tied what they call a dead man's wire around my, my man's neck, down the barrel of the shotgun, around the trigger of the shotgun, up his own arm and around his own neck, so that if he falls, if he gets shot by the cops, if he falls, it'll pull the trigger and blow my man's head off. All right? So this is all, he's walking through a city and there's cops walking around with him. And this lasted three days. They had this guy at the end of the shotgun with a fucking trigger ready to go. For, he lasted for three whole days. You should watch this documentary. The footage in it is amazing. and But what it really drives home, drove home for me, and I know this is just only in America, but when you see uh, all of that put together, you know, all this terrible stuff, it just shows how it was always bad. You know, it feels, I think, that we are living in a time when there's chaos everywhere. I mean, all right, the last few months have been special, but even before that, it felt like we were living in a time where everything is just chaos and where there's mass shootings, there's killings, there's fucking everything going on and what a horrible time to live in. But when you look at this documentary, the whole thing about this documentary was that America was over, it was finished and it was made in 1981 and when you watch it, you go, oh fuck, America, the the world was always insane. (laughs) <laughs> people were always just fellas tying fucking shotguns to the backs of their bank manager's heads you know so it kind of took solace a bit in it, that maybe I mean it was a fucking grim documentary but uh, I recommend you do watch it The Killing of America and you'll kind of get to see how the world has always been like this I think um, more or less and like there was even footage of the riots in America after um, Martin Luther King was killed in 1968 and it's very just uh, reminiscent of what uh, we were seeing last week with the fucking military police coming in, fucking just randomly beating up fucking protesters. Um, So that's my film of the week that I recommend to you. Uh, it's on YouTube, you can find it. It's called The Killing of America. It's a Mondo documentary. You got to ring up your friend Mondo to come over and watch it. Hey, Mondo! Come on, we watch this documentary. I heard this cunt Shane talking about it. <laughs> What's this shite boy This is shite Oh you know when you go to Throw somebody a film That you love And uh You put it on And then you start noticing Every fucking thing Wrong with it Isn't that the worst Oh, You put it on And then you realise Oh shit this fucking scene Goes on for Fucking 20 minutes this scene here oh, oh why didn't they laugh at that bit oh that's the best bit oh they didn't even laugh uh oh, he's looking at his phone oh. <laughs> so uh, thank god i don't have to watch the killing of america with you but uh give it a give it a give it a go and um, before i go thanks for listening i just want to say a couple of shout outs to some people that's right i'm doing some shout outs um first to ed Sheehy who very generously sent me a, a book um, about Harpo Marx. Thanks for that, man. There was no need, but I love the Marx Brothers, and I really appreciate you sending it. Um, also to Matt Malone, who uh, messaged me the other day on Instagram with uh, an illustration that he did uh, for the podcast so it's kind of artwork, and it's really cool, man. It's my face. It's I've never looked so good, and I. It's on my Instagram. You might have seen it, and you have if you haven't, check it out. It's really cool, Matt Malone, and I tagged his name under it. So go and follow him, and you know look at his stuff because he does some cool illustrations. And um, so, thanks for listening. You know, if you like the show, subscribe. Tell your friends. Say hey, there's this there's this guy. He talks about all sorts of shit. You like it. And uh, you know, leave leave a review, all that stuff. And I've got a Patreon, uh, Shane's Brilliant Podcast. Oh fuck, I'm so bad at doing this advertising. <laughs> uh, sh- uh, Patreon dot com forward slash Shane's Brilliant P- Podcast. And uh, you know, I do a podcast at the, every weekend there, Saturday cast, Saturday pod, and then every couple of weeks or every two or three weeks, I do a rate like a radio show, like I'm Larry Gogan. I play some of my favorite music and talk about it, and um, you know, and I from the money from that I'm making from the Patreon all is going back into the you know production of content. So I was able to afford a new camera. So I'm going to be doing some videos, showing them up there and stuff. So thanks to all the Patreon subscribers for that. So thanks for listening and until next week. But wait, before I go, I got, just when I was editing this, I this podcast, I was sent a, a uh, an email by a guy called Ice Pop. Uh, when you get yeah, sent an email by someone, let's say with the name David O'Connor, you go, ah, I'll look at that later. But when it says, hi, I'm Ice Pop, you fucking take notice. But he's a singer, or it's a band, I think he's a singer-songwriter, and he really, he took my, I don't know if you listened last week, I did a, like an acapella version of a, <laughs> fucking song I made up, about double denim, about wearing the tragedy of wearing double denim clothes, and, uh, Ice Pop, which is a really cool name for a band, because it's got like loads of different meanings. Ice means cool, pop, uh, means he sings pop songs and then ice pop is uh, cool pop songs and also a loop the loop or a tangle twister but he put some music to the back of this my acapella version of double denim so i'm going to leave that leave you go with that uh, listen to it enjoy it follow him on Instagram follow me on Instagram follow everybody on Instagram and I'll talk to you next week cheers nice one thanks hobnob well I'm a double denim man I wear double denim as much as I can Denim shirt and denim pants oh life is hard for a double denim man oh the girls don't want to I love the double denim They don't give me a chance And I'm kind On my lad. It didn't work I'm six times a dad I'm a double denim man. I wear